Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose show, where we put your health and happiness as our number one priority. I'm your host, Carrie Faith, and I'll be sharing a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to create your masterpiece called Life. I believe that with faith and inspired action, anything and everything is possible. And when you combine it with purpose, there is absolutely no limit to your success. I share my own personal struggles and triumphs while exposing global perspectives about happiness, health, and well-being. We combine talks around spirituality, psychology, and self-development to align your mind, body, and soul. Together, we connect, create, and transform from the inside out. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, tea, or if you're anything like me, a glass of water, or perhaps even some champagne, while we carry faith on purpose together. Hello and welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose podcast. I have Kimberly Snyder with us today. She is a fellow podcaster and a champion, a people, a cheerleader, and an advocate for all things people, ideas, self-care, and leadership. She works with leaders and helps them with their people strategy, as well as their own individual capacities, such as emotional intelligence, which I am very passionate about. And you simply hold a space for them while they take a breath amidst the craziness of all the demands of life and work and business. I am happy to have you here with us today, Kimberly. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And I should have mentioned I love coffee just as much as you do. Yes. So we are both (laughs) coffee lovers and we both love and are are obsessed with self-development. We're even in a a self-development book club together and obviously we're both podcasters. So share with the audience and me as to your podcast and what the main theme of your podcast is, because that's sort of the direction of where I would love to help the listeners with today. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we are both podcasters. My podcast is called Overflow and really you know, it started, I mean, didn't we just start right at the beginning of the pandemic, right? The beginning of the pandemic, uh, we were all shut down and it felt like we were teenagers being grounded to our bedrooms, right? And so when the podcast started, my my first thought was that I'm a human resources professional. So I'm here to talk about leadership and self-development and Um, the impact that leaders are making. But what happened was, Carrie, as I was working with leaders and as I was developing the podcast, I realized these leaders have the world on their shoulders. They have so many things that they're worried about. They're worried about their team, um, the team safety. They're worried about their business. They had so much on their shoulders and they were doing it so eloquently as a human resources professional, the interesting thing is I was able to have 
that safe space with them where they're able to close the door and let off steam, um, vent. And, you know, if they had to say things that were inappropriate, they could say things that were inappropriate because it was a safe space. And really they were carrying the world on their shoulders. So I would hold their world for a few moments while they caught their breath. And then I started to realize, you know, these leaders aren't taking care of themselves. They're taking care of everyone. They're taking care of their team, their loved ones. They're not only running a business uh, or in a big job, they're also taking care of the groceries and everything else that's going on. Kids are, some of the kids were at home here in Canada, the kids were at home um, and they, but they were doing it so eloquently, but they were crumbling. And so began the twist or the pivot of overflow, which was, we need to be filling up our own cup because the, they, they're they so depleted. They were so depleted. And I started to think, you know, these leaders need to take care of themselves, their own body, mind, and soul. And then what I believe is when they are able to fill themselves up with whatever that is, whether it's a run, I know you like hiking. So if it's a, if it's a hike, if it's outdoors, if it's a bubble bath, if it's a, you know, whatever it is, blasting the music in your car, but it's taking care of yourself. And when you are fulfilled, when you are full, when you are overflowing with energy, with love, with peace, with whatever you need, then you're better able, you're better capable to take care of everyone around you, your team, your work, your life, like the, the friends and family in your life. And so began overflow, really. <laughs> it's such an important topic and so aligned with my mission and this podcast is how can we take care of ourselves to the best capabilities so that we can show up? in our our lives, our business, as parents, as leaders, as healers, as so many different roles. But how can we feel full from the inside out? Like you said, how can you fill up so you're just overflowing, like, like you said, with energy? Because right. energy is everything. And I can't even imagine, I mean, I see myself as a leader being a podcaster and a coach, but and you as well. But there's leaders that you work with that have the weight of other people's families and a whole company and a whole business and other people's livelihood on their shoulders. And how exhausting and draining is that, especially during a year of so much change and challenges. So this idea of self-care is very important to me, but what does actual self-care look like for Kimberly? <laughs> there in Canada. I'm curious. <laughs> well, when COVID started, uh, my daughter turned 14 and she had always wanted a puppy. It was crazy. I think secretly deep down, I had always wanted a puppy too. So part of my self-care is taking the time to go for a walk. I had a podcast guest um, and she said, do you consider it that you take your dog for a walk or you take yourself for a walk? And that really resonated with me. And that's something I promote to leaders too, right? Because I love your conversation about mental health. And I think sometimes we're so beat up with mental health. We're so drained that 
from my point of view, what I see people do is they stop, they stay still, they, you know, they hide under the covers, they don't get it, they have a hard time getting up in the morning. And isn't it interesting with mental health, that it's actually healthier for you to move. I I love all your podcasts and your most recent meditation podcast, where it causes us to stop and reflect. But it's so it's so interesting to me how the stress of the day, the stress of what's happening, worrying about our team freezes people that they that they end up they stay at their desk and they work longer. They um, they come home and they go straight to bed. Mm-hmm. And so I've really tried to remember that and and reflect that in myself and role model it for other leaders and for people in my family that we need to actually move. And I think it's in the movement that we literally create headspace. We go for a walk. Don't you find that? You must find that. You go for a walk, release. Whatever cured me of my own mental challenges, especially not just this year, but throughout my life has been movement. You know, I always love to run, but it wasn't until that I had both children. I have two children and um, my daughter was around one or two. And my anxiety was like out the roof. I had so much because anyone that's dealt with a two-year-old knows how challenging it can be to reason with a two-year-old that has zero emotional regulation, right? And so I was finding that it was bringing up my own lack of emotional regulation and how I would just go to extreme, you know, I would even at times because I was anxious because lack of control of myself and others and the things around me was that, you know, I would find myself raising my voice unnecessarily and just feeling like the guilt that came along with that. And every parent I'm sure has had the guilt of, you know, you snapped because you weren't emotionally regulating yourself. But that was a turning point when I realized my son was five years old and my daughter was two and they, my energy that I was bringing to them and their life was affecting them on an emotional level. And I could see as a physical level because everything really is energy. So it was at that time that I committed, I am just going to have the habit of running and That's when I started training for half marathons and everything just resolved after that. I mean, it was um, maybe eight, eight years ago, but everything has just flowed into that direction of changing my energy. Even when I see my own emotions like flare up, going for a walk. And I love how you said, do you take your dog for a walk or do you walk yourself? I see it as hey, it's a win-win situation, right? It's not, it's the dog that needs a walk, but it's me too, because I see in my dog, like my dog is exactly my personality. It's so funny how we, we get animals that mirror us too, that when the dog walks, the dog is much more relaxed. Same with me. So I love that you bring that up. So it's a, it's a win-win. It's, it's and don't you think the it's, energy. And don't you think it's mind, body, and soul? Like, so you're running. I know I'm a runner. When I run, 
So it's good for your body, right? So the blood is flowing, the muscles, the pounding, the even just the scenery. Like I remember when I first started running, someone said to me, I would rather run on a treadmill rather than run outside. I said, oh, I would much rather run outside. I love looking at the houses or if I'm on a trail, the nature. And she said it it bothers her. Like she wants to just run on a treadmill. But I think there's something about the sights and the smells and the, so good for your body, right? Good for your mind because you can't be taking notes. You can't be, you know, focused on something, calculating, like you've just got to run. And so your mind is free. It's open. And all the day you're sitting at your desk, you're answering emails, like your mind is being whatever taxed. You have to focus, you know, you have to like your mind, right. And good for your soul. Don't you feel like you're just flying? Sometimes I feel like it's just my peace like I'm running. It's good for my soul. I know that my body feels good. I know that my mind feels good and it, it fuels me. And it, and so anyways, when we think about my overflow podcast, that's what I think of is that that's your overflow. When I come home, I'm overflowing with peace, with a sense of adventure, with joy, and then I'm better. I'm a better person to deal with. So I have a 14-year-old and 11-year-old. One of them's a teenager. So trust me, Carrie, <laughs> you have a two-year-old, but get get ready for 14. I and know. Turns, it, it you need emotional get, regulation. It doesn't get any easier. And that's <laughs> why when you can become aware of how you know your own energy is showing up for yeah. work, life, a relationship, how much that affects other people around us. And that's why self-care is so important, I believe. And like you said, the soul, I don't like running on a treadmill for exactly that, because when we can do exercise, I know not everyone is capable of getting outside, especially in winter, but when we can expose ourselves to nature, it's amplifying the ability to expand our our mind body and soul and and it's not in that closed environment of a gym or on a treadmill and it's going to be powerful if that's all you have accessibility to but for sure it's soul care that's why i need to get in nature almost every day or at least go out and touch touch a tree or touch a plant or even if you can't then have that in your vicinity This one behind me is a fake orchid, but there have been studies even um, in hospitals, in recovery rooms, even with a fake plant that those patients have recovered quicker, even with fake plants in their environment, as opposed to no plants at all. So it's, it's a mind body. Yeah. Is that their sense that they're in nature? Yes, it's a simulation of nature, even looking at if you've noticed in doctor's offices or hospitals that they have a lot of nature landscapes. Mm -hmm. It is because of that. It's because we can absorb energy with even through moving our minds in the sense of if you close your eyes and imagine being at the ocean or imagine, you know, being in a forest that our body doesn't know the difference between reality and whether we're creating it visually. And that's why I love to do a lot of visualizations mm-hmm. with clients because it is a, a powerful tool as well. Mm-hmm. So for all those leaders 
out there that if you don't have a uh, picture of landscape in your office or your tip. space, it's it's very beneficial for energy flow. And speaking of flow, it's one of those words that we both really resonate with. True. <laughs> so you're in the sense of, of flow. What is your definition of flow? Maybe even in the present moment, because it looks different all the time. Well, what when I think of flow, and I probably because I think about the overflow podcast, I often think about you know, sometimes you're, you're so focused, you're so focused, you're so into something that you actually lose concept of time and space and everything else is happening around you. So some examples are yoga. So when I do yoga, well, you can't help it, right? Cause she's, she's usually instructing you to breathe and bend and twist and stretch and move into a next pose. So you can't really be focused on what time is it, what your to-do list is, worry, all those things can't. So to me, yoga would be in the flow. Um, other people, it's studying. Sometimes when they're studying or when they're reading, they're in their zone so much so that they've lost track of everything else that's gone around you. How many times have you been in that situation where um, I like to work on photos? So I'm, I'm one of my hobbies is Photoshop. And so you sit me down in front of the uh, computer doing Photoshop, Carrie, and my husband knows I'm probably out for the day. Um, he'll have to tap and remind me that it's lunch or it's time for dinner or or whatever. So for for me, flow is being lost in something that you enjoy so much that's got a hold of your concentration, and really you're not worried. You're not thinking about the past. You're not worried about the future. You're in the moment. And wouldn't that be nice that we spend more time in that, in that moment, in that, is that how you would say flow is? Well, that's the, yes, that's the scientific definition. Definition is that you lose track of time and space and even consciousness. It just all blends into one. And I think being present is the greatest gift of all. And it's not really feeling divided. Like, is this going to be right? Is it going to be good enough? I'm not sure. It's not that worry that we have of other people's judgment or worry about what's going to happen in the future or even bring in emotions from the past. It's just being 100% present. And the science behind it is it's utilizing your strengths and your passions. And also that it's a tiny bit challenging. And I think that with, um, for me, creativity is something that gets me into flow too. I love, I don't, I didn't realize it, but I love Photoshop. You will find me like enveloped in Canva to like one in the morning, just doing things with pictures and artistry. We are soul sisters. Yes. Also reading and writing. And that's how I tap into my creativity. So, and it's funny that you bring up yoga is your flow because for me, I have fallen in love with yoga, but when I have gone to yoga classes, I am the type of person that is looking at the clock the whole time. (laughs) 
No, you're not. So it's interesting because maybe yoga isn't something that I find flow in or in that structured environment in a yoga studio. When I'm at home, I definitely can lose track of time doing my own yoga routines because I use it as a time to meditate and visualize and manifest. So what flow is to me might not be for you and the listener. So I just wanted to bring attention to that. Good for you. So you're strong enough. See, I think if I were to do it at home, I think that's when I would be watching the clock. Good for you. So you, that's beautiful that you would have the strength to have your own routine. And I love how it would also be a meditation for you. I I need to do better at meditation. I love, I really enjoyed your podcast and I've had a few guests on mine talking, promoting, trying to convince me to, um, to slow down, to meditate. And I'm really hoping that um, I will find space for it in my life, but it's not something that I'm easily drawn to. So it's interesting that you do. Well, it's interesting that you brought that up, right? Because for me, meditation hasn't been easy at all in the past because I've been so stuck in my head, Mm -hmm. but the idea to have full alignment and not only flow in certain experiences, but in life, I believe is to push through if there is a place or a experience that we have that resistance, like this is really tough. And for some people that's self-care, you know, that's something, or maybe it's even something that, you know, you should be doing, but you're not some people it's eating healthier or giving up something, Mm -hmm. but it's that resistance where if we actually lean through that resistance, I feel like that we can push over to having that flow in that certain area of the life, because that just means there's an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. To grow and evolve. And that's really what this podcast is about. And I believe that's the the journey of our lives and our Mm -hmm. soul is to grow and evolve. But when we're feeling that resistance, we do what's natural is to kind of retrieve. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to bring that up, not just for you, but for myself, you know, and to bring awareness that what in the current moment, or as we transition from one year to the next and one way of living to the next way of living, right? Pre COVID to middle of COVID to post COVID. It's like, where is it that we can flow more, have more of that ease and grace for ourselves and others? This, this is, this is going to be it, you know, so the the pandemic has really been a i would say a mental challenge that's why i do enjoy your your conversation about mental health um what was the name of um so jim collins who wrote good to great which many leaders have read and if you haven't read it read it good to great Um, So Jim Collins talks about the, um, I'm trying to remember, the Stockdale Paradox. Have you heard of this, Carrie? The Stockdale Paradox? I'm not sure. No. So 
So Jim Collins will tell the story and you can look it up. He'll tell the story on YouTube um, and it's also in his book. But the Stockdale Paradox is about a general um, in the army, in the in the military, who was a prisoner of war. Him and his team were prisoners of war. They were prisoners of war for a long time, like seven or eight years. And Jim Collins, the author, got a chance to interview him and talk to him a little bit about how he survived the mental strength, how he survived the mental strength of being a prisoner of war. And he said, well, it wasn't because I was an optimist. And all the people who would say they were optimists would say, we're going to be getting out this Christmas. This Christmas, we're going to be getting out. And then, of course, Christmas would come and go. And so they had their hopes up, hopes up, hopes up. Christmas would come and go. And no, long, lo and behold, they stayed on as prisoners of war. Well, it's going to be Easter. It's going to be the summer. And so they kept having these ups and downs, these highs and lows. And he, this uh, this uh, sergeant, or um, I apologize, I, I don't know what his title was, but he was the top guy. And he had faith that he would be released from the prisoner of war camp, but he didn't know when, he didn't put a, a label on it. So when you think about the pandemic, right? Well, it's gonna be done by July. Well, July came and went, it'll be done by September. Well, September came and went, it'll be done by Christmas. December 25th. Well, December 25th has come and gone. And well, certainly we are still in the pandemic and still worried. And so the Stocktail Paradox, what he would say is he had faith. He had the mental strength to go through each day to accept when you talk about presence and mental health, he accepted today for what it was. And then he accepted tomorrow for what it was. He had faith. He persevered. He still you know, accepted the challenges, the reality of it. He wasn't, um, you know, a, a dreamer and blind to really what was happening. And, and I think this is what you and I are aligned about is we're still trying to find our purpose. We're still trying to achieve great things. We're still in self-development. We're still enjoying our coffee, even though we're in the midst of this pandemic. And so the Stockdale paradox was when he got out, he was one of the mentally strongest people who got out. And so this is the for me, this is what the pandemic is for me, where I am surrounded by friends and leaders who keep saying, but do you think it's going to be December the 25th? And my response is, let's deal with what we need to deal with today, because we don't know. And if we keep holding our breath thinking, oh, but by New Year's, but by January 31st, right? It's it this, when, when you ask about the pandemic and how we're taking care of ourselves, to me, it's mind, body, and soul. And it, it, it absolutely dovetails with your whole conversation of mental health and that, that mental strength. Well, I appreciate you bringing up that book and the Stocktail Paradox, as that's what it's called, right? Because it's similar also, I believe, in your storytelling through about Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, who lived through the Holocaust. Because it has been proven that those that have the most faith and are the most mentally resilient, I believe, and that we have these expectations of, well, if we get through, you know, summer or if we get through the winter, then it's all going to be better. And it's putting a time and space, uh, putting a time and space to, 
having ease and having acceptance, right? But really just how can we accept the moment when maybe we're not even feeling great? Maybe we are depleted. Maybe we are depressed or anxious or even physically sick and just be okay with it, right? Just be present with it because yes, we want to all have flow, but the most flow is to just recognize and almost be like this outside observer and come with compassion and empathy for ourselves that maybe you're not feeling hundred percent, but it's okay. Like you said, what is the number one priority? And it looks different for each and every, every person. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. Like, yes, we want to look ahead to have that, that hope, but what is most important right here, right now? And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people have lost loved ones to due to COVID-19 or throughout the year, and they haven't been able to say goodbye or, and it puts things in perspective, right? What truly is the most important in the moment? So for you in the moment, I am curious, what is your number one priority for yourself moving forward into the future? I was going to, I was going to ask you a question. My, well, my number one priority is um, like, I love, I love your website where you said, this is my why. And you show a picture of your beautiful family. So I would say my family is my why my absolute um, purpose in life. I want to be a role model um, for the leaders for my daughter and my son and my husband included, um, for my friends and family, I want to be a role model. But I also accept that I'm learning and that I'm not perfect. And I also accept that I, I may feel like I have some of the answers or the answer, but I'm not always right. And often this is why I love the podcast because there's so many interesting guests that come and the women that I've spoken to on the podcast have been all across the world. I have one booked with a woman in Hungary, um, in Budapest, Hungary. And it's so interesting that we are all trying our best. None of us seem to really have the answers, whether it's parenting, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's mental health. And so for me, my number one priority, my my why is my family, and my my priority is to to be a role model, to accept what I can accept, what I can change, and also to we talked about this outside the call, but to be in awe of others who who have the courage, who have vulnerability, who have a sense of adventure. Well, that's definitely you. I am in awe of you to have that courage and the sense of adventure and vulnerability. So I honor that you shared oh, thank you. what is your number one priority and then areas that, you know, you still feel like you're trying to figure out like we all are. And that's the beautiful thing about what for me and a lot of people, I think has come out of 2020 is that even though we're isolated physically is that we're connected virtually more than we ever have been before, I believe. And if you're not yet at this time, 
see that as a great opportunity. How can you connect with more people? I know that me being away from my family in um, California and me in Oregon allowed me to be virtually connected with them and make that a ritual of getting on a Zoom call every Friday where we normally wouldn't ever get on a Zoom call or a a, um, what is the old school name of it? You know, three-way call or something. No, going back to the The party line. (laughs) You know, that call. So we are more connected and we are, we're all just trying to figure out this thing called life and to be open. Well, that would be my question to you because we were talking about my sense of overflow. And I, when I see you, when I hear you on your podcast, I see you living in overflow, what I would call overflow. I see that you give yourself the patience, but you also challenge yourself and just as equally you do the same for us. Like you give us space, but you also challenge us. You hold the bar up high for for people who are listening and watching you. What are you doing? What would you say is your priority? What are you focusing on that helps you stay in your overflow so that you are overflowing with this abundance of love and courage and inspiration? That's a very insightful question. I get it right back at me, right? And (laughs) I think you summed it up really well because I have had really high expectations for myself throughout my life. And I haven't met a lot of those expectations. I mean, I am 40 something, so my life hasn't been (laughs) short, but I've been blessed with over four decades of having very high expectations for myself. And this goes back to what you said about the Stocktail Paradox, is that if we don't meet that expectation, then we're going to feel depleted. So me recognizing that I have too high of expectations for myself and others is a big one. And that's where I come across with challenging other people, I think. But it's also put an unrealistic challenge on myself. So to have not necessarily balance, but harmony, right? Harmony of realizing the ebb and flow of life. Self-care is very, very important for me. So exercising, physically, having A deeper spiritual practice has been huge during uh, this past year of change. The COVID-19 era is because I haven't been able to have optimized the alone time and that self-care time to have that time for myself where I go inward for meditation that fills my cup and also having a deep, deep, deep why and purpose and having that as the forefront and the guiding compass is that it always goes back to my purpose, which is I experience lots of challenges in my own mental health journey of being actually first diagnosing myself with depression at the age of 20 and being able to navigate that and get through it, which was a very long journey for me. And having that as my deep why to bring awareness to that. And then when I get distracted and I have that, um, 
what is it where you just say yes to too many things and too many people mm-hmm. is to realign and have that clarity. Is this really aligned with my purpose or am I just doing it to appease someone else's expectation or even meet an unrealistic expectation for myself? So it's a multiple and multidimensional answer mm-hmm. that it's not just one thing that we can do to uh, live in that flow and Harmony. I love that word harmony. That's exactly it. And I imagine like, you know, when they always say uh, work-life balance, well, I always imagine work-life balance or the demands of life as a pie cut up into pie shapes. And I imagine it, I love that word harmony. Like it's blowing up in my head because I imagine that sometimes the pieces of pie are very large. So if there's a demand at work, then you dedicate more time and energy to that. And then maybe there's a little bit less for family, a little bit less for your own mind, body, and soul. But then sometimes there's a demand in your family. So work gets a little bit less. The pie grows bigger for the family or whoever needs you. But then the important part, I love harmony because the only way that that pie would kind of survive in harmony if if it is at times when work is fine and the family is fine and you say, you know what, now the pie opens up and that big piece, that big chunk is dedicated to me and my self-care. However, however we find it in a pandemic, in lockdown. So I love the word harmony and I love how you call it also, um, you refer to your self-care as your guiding compass. That's yes. beautiful. And I love that you put it in the pie actual um, analogy because Mm -hmm. it can have multiple meanings because Mm -hmm. if you know, you know, mathematical pie is infinite. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the pie and a circle, there's actually no ending to the circle, right? And so, yes, I'm getting philosophical here, but... Um, that the pie is never ending. The, the needs from others is never ending, but we can't fulfill those other areas of our life. If we don't fill our own pie, like you said, our own cup. And if you can look at harmony or actually balance, balance is something that if you're striving for balance, 100%, I feel like it might be an unrealistic expectation. I agree. Because like you said, sometimes work is more demand. Sometimes family's more demand. Agreed. And so understand that in order to fill that pie and the balance and the harmony is that there's infinite energy that's there. And how are you tapping into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you dedicate your energy to if there's something going on in your family or at work, then you dedicate all your energy. So then you do come home drained. But then equally, the harmony part of it, what I love about that that word is there's, there's this sense of fairness where there is some harmony to, I need to go, like, I will be back. I'm going to need somebody else to feed the kids because I need to go for a walk and it's going to be a longer walk than normal. Or I need to go for a drive and sing at the top of my lungs so nobody else is in the car. I love that. Yeah, I think that we have (laughs) gone full circle with a lot of the (laughs) concepts we've discussed, but I do have some personal questions for you if you don't mind me asking. Look out. We'll do it together. The ones that I already asked. Have you ever 
experience or been depressed? Or if you haven't, have you ever known someone close to you that has gone through um, depression? Well, I would say yes to both. I do have someone in my life who has um, experienced um, very severe depression. And I would say after my dad died in 2016, it was probably about a year, Carrie, that it took for me to really um, get my feet under me, really, truly. I used to play little games with myself. I used to... um, I used to, all I can say is play a little game. So an example would be, I would say to myself, I'm going to stay in bed all day because the kids would get up and go to work and Paul would, my husband would, would go off to work. Um, and I wouldn't, I would stay at home and I would be in bed. And so I would convince myself that that was it. I was going to stay in bed all day. But then I would say to myself, well, you don't get any coffee. So if you stay in bed, you can't have any coffee. And so I would, well, I couldn't survive without that. So I had to get up and, and drink, uh, get, get my coffee. And so I would play little games like, like that to kind of get myself up and moving. Thank you for being open and honest with me and the listeners, because, you know, everyone has experienced a sense of grief and loss. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the most um, effective or transformational, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but experiencing grief. And I can only imagine from your own losing your own father or anyone that has lost a mother is that that is the most challenging time of anyone's life is to lose a loved one, let alone a parent. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really want to have this conversation about in the sense of, we're all going to experience depression, right? At one time or another. And to have the ability to just be open and honest about it, I really honor that. Mm-hmm. And the the tip that you gave, which was play a game with yourself. You know, if you are depressed or feel like you can't get out of bed, where I really was for a long time. And even if it's as simple as coffee, which seems simple, but in our, our world, coffee is not just something simple, (laughs) you know, or even just saying, I, you know, if if TV is a soother for you, I'm not going to turn on the TV until I get up and even take a shower or maybe get up and change my clothes. Like even those really simple things can make a big difference because it's that motion, right? It's getting out of bed and getting the coffee and moving and then having those sensations of either warm um, liquid pouring down your throat or ice cold, you know, beverage of of cold brew, you know, that you're sipping on is something that's going to change the state of where your mind is and where your body is. So thank you for being really open and honest, because it is really something that a direction I'm taking this podcast Mm -hmm. is, look, we all experience these emotions, right? Of depression or sadness or overwhelm and um, to just add tips and and tools to navigate that. I'll recommend a uh, podcast guest. I had a podcast guest on and at the top of the podcast, we talked about um, it's okay to not be okay. And I agreed with her and we went through the podcast and we came back to, is it okay to not be okay? And I have to be honest, 
in the podcast, I was thinking it's okay for, for you, for you, for you, 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 for my best girlfriend, for my sister, for my cousin, like for those people, it's okay for them to not be okay. But in my head, Carrie, it was like, but it's not okay for me not to be okay. And, and the podcast guest recognized that. And she said, no, it is okay to not be okay. And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I know that. But what's your tip to get out of not being okay? And she said, again, it is okay. And there is, I think as women, because we are caregivers, because we we can multitask, we can manage the world on our shoulders so beautifully, we would give that grace to our besties. Mm-hmm. And we would say to her, it's okay to not be okay. But somehow we don't give that same grace that have that same conversation with ourselves in our own head. I love so that, that is something that I'm also trying to adapt. And it's a little bit on my mission to share as well around it is okay to not be okay. And then, you know, and then what, to your point, what do we need? Do we need a coach? Do we need some, um, some help? Do we need right. to play games? Yeah. So I would love to kind of summarize that up and end that here in the sense of, it's okay to not be okay. And, you know, to be really open and vulnerable, I would love to ask you, and I will answer the same question. What is one area where you feel like you're not okay right now? Because I don't care who you are, where you are, there's an area of your life that you don't feel like is a hundred percent. Right. And that all that means is it's an opportunity to put more energy there. And so would you be open and honest to a place going there in the sense of where do you not feel okay? (laughs) So we were talking about this before our podcast started. And I have been thinking about me personally that I do, maybe it's because I'm the firstborn. um, Maybe it's because I'm a woman. Maybe it's just my, in my DNA, but I have this sense of responsibility taking, and maybe that's why I'm in human resources, because I take care of people, and I have this sense of responsibility. And so what I'm working on is maybe it's possible, maybe I don't take responsibility for everything. Maybe I take responsibility for my actions, and I respect, and I observe, and maybe I'm inspired by others' choices others' actions, others' sense of adventure that might not align or might not agree or maybe is not something that I might do or say or react. And so that's something that I'm working on and I think I'm going to take into 2021 is that sense of responsibility. I'm going to be responsible for myself um, and, and raising these children, but I think they too have something to show me. The leaders that I work with, um, not everything has to kind of be my responsibility. And I think I'm going to work on being inspired by others and wondering what are they choosing, saying, deciding, doing, what are their choices? What's their life mission, their purpose, and how is it inspiring me? That's what I'm going to be working on this year. Well, thank you for being open and honest. I didn't realize I was going to ask that question or sort of end up here, but I think that awareness is really, really important. It always has been, but even more so as we go into the unknown future, 
Absolutely. Because we don't know what it looks like over the next year or five years or 10 years. And to just be aware of where we're not okay means, okay, well, this is where we need to put a little bit more of the pie, right? And so to answer my own question, I would say someplace where I'm not okay and really where I feel like I want to draw a line in the sand is I'm not okay with actually overly serving because I have always been a server, a servant leadership and just wanting to give, 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 give. That is my true nature. But I have to be aware that if I give too much, I don't have enough for myself or I don't have enough for what is my number one priority right here, right now in the present moment, right? So just because I gave a lot of my free time in the past doesn't mean that I necessarily have to give it all moving forward. So I'm not okay anymore with just endlessly giving time and resources and energy. It has to have that harmony and more of a balance, if that makes sense. Just not giving, giving. It's okay to not be okay with it because that's where we're going to grow the most. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful. Where can our, my listeners get a hold of you? I know we reference overflow podcasts. Uh, what other platforms and ways can they get in touch with you? Yeah, thanks. So I, I'm on Instagram at overflow underscore podcast. I'm also, I am Kimberly Snyder. So you can also find me there. I'm on Facebook and I have an overflow. So my professional HR um, work is under people brain. Cause I'm like you so interested in the brain positive psychology. So people brain slash overflow. And on our Facebook group, we are talking about how we live in our overflow and motivating each other, offering advice, listening, getting those inspirational quotes. You can also find me there on Facebook. So is that the best place to get a hold of you for um, any future coaching or guidance? Definitely. Definitely. I'll I'll give you my, yeah, yeah. I will leave all the um, contact information in the show notes. And just, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, just saying yes to being on the podcast, sharing a lot of vulnerability and honesty with me and the listeners. And I know that we will flow effortlessly into the future together. You're beautiful, Carrie. Thanks for having me. And happy 2021. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.